Well, hello everybody. It's Adam Goudreau. Uh, I play Norman and Peterson of the Cheaper by the Dungeon podcast. Welcome to the show. I have with me everyone else. We have the DM, Seth. Hello. Connor. Hello. And Jacob, who plays Zippy. Howdy do. So Seth asked me to come up with the opening bit today, and I was thinking about it all for a grand total of seven minutes, thinking, what am I going to do? I'm not very creative until I realized how fortunate am I and you guys, because I actually have access to the most creative card game in the world. It's called Survival of the Fixest, and if you haven't played it, it's because me and my brother started it on Kickstarter, and it failed beautifully. So <laughs> so uh, now we're going to play it here, just to give myself a small a small sense of satisfaction so i'm going to give you guys each a dilemma each one's gonna have a different one and then i'm going to give you guys four random items each and you guys have 30 seconds to come up with a survival plan using one two three or any combination of the items you guys ready to go let's do it we can start with seth, seth I'm nervous. here's a dilemma and some of these are actually D themed but they don't have to be and if this flops by the way for a bit you'll see why the game didn't succeed okay Set <laughs> a fire-breathing dragon has you in its sights what's your plan to keep from getting roasted here are your four items you have an ant farm full of fire ants. You have antifreeze. Wow, that might be perfect. You have a six-pack of Roman candles. And you have a paper bag full of authentic street tacos. You keep that to yourself. Okay, come up with a plan. Connor, there's a landslide rushing your way. Can you get high enough to survive? Here are your four items. A really nice wig. A corset. This is kind of fitting for Darian. A riding lawnmower. Purple fuzzy handcuffs. Jacob, this is you. You're locked in a dungeon and scheduled for the guillotine, but it looks like you might be able to pick the old lock. Here are your four items. You got a pink bicycle with training wheels and a bell. You got a rocking kazoo, a helium tank, and a tire iron. Bam. Okay, Seth, you're up. What's your plan to survive? Okay, I'm going to... And just remind uh, everyone what you have. Oh, I guess you wouldn't know. Never mind. Just, just give the plan. I've got fire ants, uh, antifreeze, Roman candles, and a bag of tacos. And so this is my plan. I'm going to, like, Pied Piper the fire ants to cover my body so that the fire-breathing dragon doesn't kill me. Because fire ants are fire-resistant. To make sure they stay locked in place <laughs> and create a thicker, like, glue of chain mail, I'm going to use the antifreeze or antfreeze. To freeze all the ants <laughs> so, that, so that they're frozen on my body, but they're also fire resistant. <laughs> this fire and ice, baby. Now, Roman candles. I just strap them to my hands and I just shoot for the eyes. Uh, and if the eyes, like when, when it's blinded and everything, I'm going to run for it. And it'll be like blinded and blurry vision, but its sense of smell will still work. So I'll leave the tacos behind. So it thinks that's me, a sack of meat. And, uh,. And I dodge and get out of there while it's blinded and goes for the tacos. And if not, I'll be fire resistant with my frozen ant armor. The end. Holy smokes, man. That's amazing. Um, okay, Connor, <laughs> coming up to you. You had a landslide rushing your way. And you don't need to use all four items if you don't want to. Three, two, one, go. No, I want to. Um, so first, I'm going to wear the wig because I'm going to look damn good while getting away from this landslide. Uh, I'm going to be wearing that corset because, you know what, I want to be like, you know, keep everything tight to my chest so I don't get caught on anything in the landslide. Uh, first, I'm just going to be ripping on that lawnmower to get away from it. But if I feel like the lawn, the I can't get out of the way fast enough, I'm going to use the purple fuzzy handcuffs to secure myself uh, to a piece of the, the landscape that's not going to be taken away by this landslide. Mm. 
uh, or this mudslide. And so I'll take, I'll stay there and secured to that object with the purple fuzzy handcuffs so I don't get, uh, swept away. Wow. <laughs> okay. Right on. That, that's amazing. Wow. Uh, okay. Jake, you're up. You are, uh, stuck in a dungeon scheduled for the guillotine and you could pick the lock. How do you survive? Well, Adam, I also have a pink bicycle, kazoo, helium tank, and a tire iron. Pick the old lock? No thanks. I'm going to get uh, the knowledge I have of my guard being named Jeff. going to make that up on my own. And I'm going to use <laughs> his loneliness to my advantage. Absorb the helium tank into my system. All the way. And <laughs> suddenly I have to use a, a different voice. Um, I know exactly where this is going. <laughs> with the kazoo, I'm going to do some type of, like announcement type type thing and uh, I'm gonna hide it around where the door uh, can't see the corner of the room and I'm gonna hold up the bike uh, right in front of the door the guard's gonna come in Jeff and he's gonna see through the the door and just see the pink bicycle I'm gonna start talking to him as the pink bicycle the pink bicycle will just beg it'd be like Jeff sit on me sit on me Jeff I'm the pink bicycle. <laughs> I can be yours forever. And and Jeff, Jeff will be so overcome by the, the want of well his loneliness, but also the want of the bicycle that he'll come into the the room out of desire, lust, whatever you have it, and then I smack him with the tire iron and then I get out of there. You just should murder him. <laughs> wow. That <laughs> that is amazing. Okay, bonus round. This is all three of you guys at the same time, so you can come up with the solution the fastest. You're the victim of a horrible haircut. Can you cover it up for your hot date tonight? Here are your items. A jar of fireflies, an urn full of somebody's ashes, a megaphone, and a large pouch of fake blood. Three, two, one, go. Using the blood, I'm going to use it as lubricant to mix with the, the person's ashes to make kind of like a weird uh, paste for my scalp that will attract the fireflies. So I'm just going to have a glowing head the whole time. And then it turns into a great talking piece instead of talking about my horrible haircut. And that's the game! All right, guys. Thank you for playing Survival <laughs> yeah. of the Fixist. You all get a free copy Yay. of the game. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's made one day. Damn. Wait, who won? Adam, you have to say who won. Yeah, which of ours did you like the best? Man, that's a hard call. That's a really hard call because Seth's obviously just was stupid. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the bike wasn't stupid? I, Dumb. No, no I, I actually think Seth's was the best because it was so multifaceted. It was like, okay, I have fire ants, which are like basically fire resistant because they're the same Pokemon type. And then like ant eye freeze. It's like, okay, like this is like the same thing. And then ice and fire kind of thing. Also had to deal with dragons. Like George Martin is going to come in and like tell the dragon to stop. And then uh, I actually love Connor's idea because he also had a backup plan. It was like, okay, the lawn. I actually thought you were going to hand your cuff yourself to the lawnmower in case you get shaken off. That way, you c- it literally just keep going without you. But uh, fasten yourself to the landscape. And Jake, I mean, I'm a sucker for romance. So, I mean, mine <laughs> mine had to assume that Jeff was lonely and that there was a guy named Jeff. But if you're working in a dungeon where people get their heads chopped off every day. I'd be oh, you're lonely too. And lonely. Okay, do you guys yeah. do you guys want to know who really won? <laughs> yes. Let's hear it. Connor! <laughs> hey! <laughs> Let fate decide. Well, clearly. There was I no was way Connor was getting to that winner. landslide. Let's be real, people. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but those that Firefly trick, though, I think that that was clutch. And all I know for all of this is that I don't think Seth has ever seen antifreeze in his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> That's a what good are you talking part. about? The label had an ant on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> that's been the bit that was a good bit uh tune in next week for for connor's turn to play a little oh, game no, i like these i like it. these like game opening bits now with our season finale right seth yeah well actually yeah you're right this is season finale part one of two parts and we've taken up enough of your time let's get into it so season finale part one strap in recap so last week the gang chasing Chanzog into the second grand treasure uh, confronted him. Peterson and Darian were in an epic fight with him, taking him out. They were like destroying him basically uh, and he flipped over the edge but as they went to go down and check on him and like finish him off they noticed that there's all these kind of like white-eyed zombies filling the entire grand treasure library room. Just these white-eyed zombies of people and they are berserk. Um, Darian and Peterson tried to hold them off with like firewalls and stuff and also escape and go after Zippy who went down the middle pit to find the piano key but instead uh, they got gorillas and were flying and jumping off walls it was so cool and then basically they killed Chanzog thank you Seth the gorillas were cool they were that was like, such a good idea because yeah, it was it, like Chanzog and you guys like grabbing the walls but anyways that was them. They were descending the pit, trying to catch up to Zippy. Zippy was in this nightmarish area where he was being chased by random book things and paper and this giant man in, like, a, a cloak and everything. It was bizarre. Listen to it. I can't even describe it quickly. Um, but basically, Zippy was about to be consumed by falling books and basically suffocated to death, being buried alive with books. But the giant saved him and gave him his little paper boat. Zippy woke up, escaped, rejoined the guys, and they escaped the second grand treasure. Peterson deciding to stay with the group instead of continuing into the grand treasure for his original goal. But just as they were leaving, the blue flower hit. Just as they were getting on the sparrow, the airship. And this is where we're going to start. Peterson, you come to. And you see around, your eyes are still adjusting to the room around you. But you see Darian's kind of on his knees in pain. He's not unconscious like you. But you and Darian both got hit by the blue flower again. It was screaming Bayside into your head. Everybody's around you. Zippy's there, like, looking at you guys. And uh, Yogurt and Draken and James, they're all here. And they're all just, like, trying to take care of you and Darian. You're also currently, yeah, you're on the airship right now. And it is actually starting to fly away from Rasha, away from the desert. It's just trying to get away because uh, Yogurt and James decided, executive decision, let's just start flying away because whatever is happening is dangerous and we need to fly. So now you're flying over the desert and uh, you're just heading west more towards like Orem and Leek's Garden and uh, 
Yeah, it's it's nighttime as well. It's about like 3:30 a.m. You guys were once you went in and were coming out. It was basically nighttime when you were uh, in the Grand Treasure. So it's still nighttime now. So yeah. Okay, I'm gonna shoot up to a seating position, and if I can sense that the ship is moving, I'm gonna scamper to a window just to confirm that we're moving, and then I'm gonna turn to Darian and Zippy, and I'm gonna say, Westboro, tall one. Where are we going? I don't know. I, I didn't call out any orders. I think we're just flying at the moment. DM, do I feel the flower building at all? Uh, or is it? does it seem like it's past now? You're looking at your leg, and you can see the flower is starting to retract a little bit. The, the thorns and, and, and roots that it's like spread around your thigh, it's starting to retract back into the bud. Okay. Well, I think the worst is behind us for now, though. I look, uh, fellas, I'm not familiar with this plane, but where's Bayside? Uh, do I know where that is? Peterson and uh, Zippy, you both have looked at maps quite a bit, uh, especially, you know, Peterson trying to leave the Goblin Village and find his way around, uh, and Zippy with the Bramble Patch leaving. You both kind of had to study maps a bit before your journeys. So you know that Bayside is just between the jungles of Leek's Garden and Orum. Just between those two. Well, that's the place where the ammo conference is going to be. That's, uh... That's convenient, because that's... Because you're going to be a new ammo user? No, because that's (laughs) all I hear screaming in my head. Oh, sorry. Uh, Is that that from the pamphlets I've been sneaking inside your pouches and stuff? You've been... You've been sneaking what? That's where those have been coming from. (laughs) No, that you know this this um thing on on my leg and and Peterson's ass the thing that's been harming us. I don't know about Peterson, but whenever I feel it go off, it all I hear is Bayside being screamed in my head, and I can only assume it's from the person we've encountered before. Interesting. Well, I mean, if our goals align, that's perfect. Because we got to get Chris to the to the uh, conference. You look over and see Chris is just propped up against one of the walls. He's still unconscious, and he's just sitting there. Also, is anyone going to ask what happened down there? Like, I might as well just say, but man, we, look, that was the second grand treasure. Yeah, sorry, we kind of got out, and then almost got knocked unconscious, well, Peterson did, so we haven't really had a Wow, a had to rub to it ask. in, Tall One. You had to Look, make it clear that you had a higher HP bank than I did. That's very I tasteful. Thank you. I can't help it that spellcasters are squishy, okay? Wow, talking meta-mechanics. <laughs> but no, Zippy, you're right. What, what happened down there? It was terrible. I almost died so many times. I couldn't hear a thing or I couldn't make any sound. But I got this. And I show them the paper boat. And what, pray tell, is that? Heck if I know. But someone who saved my life gave it to me. It was very scary and I ran out from him so many times. But then, I I pretty much almost died down there. I mean, I mean... What do you... Who saved you, Westboro? Was it a sentient being or was it just David uh, and good chance? 
It was a big hulk of a man. He was he was so brave and crazy and but he was chasing me. I I don't know if he was a friend or foe, but he did save my life. Well, we are most fortunate in that case. We were trying to come down to save you, but uh, we had our own problems with Transog. Um, and then just as we were leaving, uh, yeah, things went crazy. But can I can I see that? Um, sure. Uh, I. I guess it's a team thing. Well, let's put it on the a table here, and we'll all look at it together. I think that's fair. Hey, you two are spellcasters. Do either of you know, um... I'm familiar with the spell Identify? I can, uh... I do, but I can do one better for you, tall one. Lay it on me. Uh, DM, I'd like to cast Legend Lore. Ooh. <laughs> maybe we should... Okay. Oh, maybe we should unravel the boat first. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Know. We want to do Legend Lore first, just as the boat, because it's paper, right? I don't know, maybe... It, yeah, we can do the Legend Lore. Legend though. Lore. Legend Lore. Legend Lore. Seth, is that okay? Yep. Okay. Um. Yeah, so DM, I'd like to cast my only fifth level spell I have, uh, Legend Lore, on this paper uh, boat. Damn. Didn't see that one coming. Get your notes ready, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll, one sec. While you do that, I'll read the spell. Uh, so it takes ten minutes to do. Um, name or describe a person, place, or object. The spell brings to your mind a brief summary of the significant lore about the thing you named. The lore might consist of current tales, forgotten stories, or even secret lore that has never been widely known. If the thing you named isn't of legendary importance, you gain no information. So it has to be a, like a legendary item. The more information you have, kind of like a shiny Charizard, the more information you already have about the thing, the more precise and detailed the information you receive is. The information you learn is accurate, but might be couched in, what a weird word, in figurative language. For example, if you have a mysterious magic axe on hand, the spell might yield this information. Woe to the evildoer whose hand touches the axe, for even the ha- the haft slices the hand of the evil ones. Uh, so on, so on kind of thing. Um, I, If with your permission, I would like to flavor how I cast this spell. Go for it. Okay. Uh, He's still finding his notes. Yeah, it's like, uh, um, okay, so I take off my mask, and I put it, I prop it up on the other side of the of the paper boat, uh, up like against an apple or like anything, so that I'm staring into the face of all these eyes, and I just begin a in goblin a goblin chant. Oh. And I start kind of just with my fingers, start tracing some of the little uh, neon paint tattoos on my arms, and and start trying to and start basically communicating with my ancestors in whatever way I can, um, listening to their voices for their collective knowledge that they would have gleaned in the afterlife or not about this item. And I do that for ten minutes until they speak to me. Dang rituals. Okay. So I'm going to give you kind of the spark notes of it. Uh, I will tell you that, and listeners, uh, the full lore of this was, I was planning on releasing it eventually, uh, probably for a few more months. Uh, but so keep an eye out on our Patreon for that. But <laughs> okay. So, so here's the spark notes 
of the paper boat. Not so long ago, there were three boys. Zack, a boy with hair as black as the night sky and a headstrong personality that made him the natural leader of the group, and he also had a wooden sword that he used to fight his way through any obstacle or bully or anything like that. There was also his younger brother, Ed, who had bright blonde hair, a freckled face, and most notably, anyone who met Ed would say the same thing, that he was a dreamer. Ed constantly would set impossible goals and be convinced that he would achieve them one day. And then there was Benedict. He was not related by blood to the other two, but was an extremely close friend. Benedict had large round glasses and a backpack filled with every necessary item for any survival situation. He was a very anxious person, so they had to be prepared for every situation to be able to feel comfortable doing anything. As children, they often would go exploring around their rural hometown of Kumba, playing imaginary games where they would be the heroes vanquishing the forces of evil or, or you know, uh, pirates out on the sea or, or all these different types of games. But one day, they wandered too far while playing and wound up getting lost in the northeastern woods. Thankfully, Benedict had his big bag of tricks, so they were able to survive. And two days passed, and the three boys found their way out of the forest's maze eventually, and saw a familiar landmark, the Rainbow Reserve. The Rainbow Reserve is three oddly colored lakes where, given the time of day, they would alternate colors and change their hues entirely. People in Kumba often used the waters there to manufacture a variety of powerful potions. Potions was kind of Kumba's thing. And it was never a place where people would take children to, so the boys had never been there. The boys wandered close to the center of the three lakes, hoping to find an alchemist to give them a ride back to town. But instead of alchemists, at the center point between the three lakes, they found a group of people wearing black cloaks with gold trims. They were greeters. The greeters were dropping several large barrels attached to wires into each of the three lakes, and there was a large lever set up in the middle to connect all the lines. The boys were running to the greeters, but quickly fell to their knees as the captain of this squad, a triton with large flowing mustache and a pirate captain's hat, pulled the lever, unleashing a massive explosion beneath all the lake's surfaces that just shook the ground entirely. And then out of each lake arose a head of an arcane hydra, three heads, one from each lake. A battle ensued between the dragon and the treasure hunters, and the boys were caught in the middle. They tried to run for their lives, but Ed tripped and fell, and a head of a hydra started lunging at him. Before he could even comprehend his impending death, the Triton captain slammed into the Hydra face with a large shield. Zack picked up Ed and they all ran and escaped the chaos. On the outskirts of the lakes, there were alchemists observing the fight from their, their wagons and things. And 
they quickly ran to protect the children and get them into their carts and start heading back to town since the whole town had been talking about these boys and how they were missing. So while they returned to their families and were being questioned by various town folks on how they survived and how they were doing, Ed slipped away and ran to his room uh, in his family's humble home. And Ed was enamored by the bravery of the Triton greeter who saved him and, and their boldness in taking on a dragon. And so in their likeness, he fashioned a paper boat hat and the spark of becoming a treasure hunter was born within Ed that day. Over the years, the boys would go on many adventures, and Ed would always be pushing them to continue to find a grand treasure. That was the goal. That was the new goal Ed had set. Find a grand treasure. Zach and Benedict were happy to go along with it, and Ed's passion was pretty infectious. So no matter how impossible the goal seemed, they would continue to push through, no matter what. They dove down deep into dungeons and climbed high into mountains, and eventually they found half of a door handle with a symbol of Salem on it. They had found a grand treasure clue. The boys could hardly believe it. Ed's dream was becoming reality. The gang, with newfound enthusiasm now, went searching even harder for the rest of the grand treasure clue, and eventually found out it had already been found by someone named Felix. The boys did some investigating and found out a banquet was going to be held at the Greeters Guild in Orem for Felix uh, in a few days, and they decided they would steal the clue from him. And though a bunch of missteps, chaotic randomness, and Ridiculous odds were falling on them from every angle. They managed to steal the other half of the door handle from Felix and leave the party unharmed. But just as they were leaving the outskirts of Orem's walls, with only one last part of their quest to complete, finding the actual grand treasure where the door handle can fit into, a wild arrow was fired from a nearby tree line. The one who shot the arrow was never to be found, but their adamantine arrow was laced with liquid containing a fatal amount of cackle fever, a disease which would drive someone to madness while laughing uncontrollably. Ed was struck, and no amount of healing magic was curing him as he lay on the floor just laughing uncontrollably. He made it through the night, and then made it through the week, and then the month. While he could not help laughing uncontrollably, he he managed to recover to the point where he could adventure again. Zack and Benedict were against him going out and said maybe he should just give up on the grand treasure and let them handle it, but Ed could not let it go. They were so close to finding a treasure that could flip the world on its head and he could not pass that up. The boys followed Ed as they searched high and low for the grand treasure that they had the key to, but they never had any luck. Ed was determined though, and no matter where he pointed on the map, he was confident that that was the way to find what he desired most. 
Eventually, Ed passed away. The cackle fever was too much to bear, and Zach and Benedict were left alone. The two argued about what they should do next, and eventually they went their separate ways. Zach went to search for the grand treasure, and Benedict went to find the one who shot the arrow that led Ed to his grave. Ed was kind of the glue that kept them all together and kept them from fighting, but now that he was gone, this outcome was inevitable. Zack took the paper boat that Ed wore and always kept it by his side. And while he was on the brink of madness, trying to find this grand treasure, and when it all seemed hopeless, the boat slipped from his side into a bowl of water. And there he noticed that the boat was slowly floating towards one side of the bowl, and then colliding with that edge over and over. No matter where he rotated the bowl, it kept bouncing in that direction. Zack decided on a whim to follow where the boat was pointing, and it led him to a small house in the middle of the desert, with a door inside, without a doorknob. And Zack found the second grand treasure. smokes did peterson <laughs> relay all that uh that's a great question um okay so i just peterson hears a bunch of whispering and he doesn't know if anyone else can hear that whispering uh and eventually you know his eyes roll back to the front of his head and basically once he becomes present again he uh, basically tells them everything that he remembers, that he learned about it. Um, basically starting with how it used to be a paper hat that this child boat, and now it, yeah, but he, re- he recaps it all. This is quite the thing you have, Westboro. Th- this is a little over my head. So I put on the, I put the paper boat on my hat, on my head. <laughs> It seems like the man who saved you down there was Zack, then. The Ed's brother who found the treasure, and I wonder if he's been trapped down there ever since. I'll wear this as a remembrance for him. Yeah, we should keep that close. It seems to have a lot of good luck with it. It's on my head. Couldn't we, um, put it into a basin of water and see if it points to any place besides Bayside? Perhaps it still has its magical coincidental properties that points it into a path most favorable. Where's that fishbowl you always carry around, Darian? Oh, Draken. I'm right here. I put my hand in their fishbowl and I push the fish to the side. (laughs) Uh, And then I drop the paper boat in. You put the paper boat in and you're holding the bowl. And... Zippy, out of everything in the world, what do you want most of all? Oh, there's a million things, DM. Hmm. Someone to love me. Um. A treasure to find. I don't know. Respect. I look at Darian. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking at me? <laughs> uh. <laughs> the boat. Turns the opposite way from Darian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fantastic. Um, that's a loaded question, DM. 
I mean, mm. besides Norman, of course, obviously. I don't. I don't know. My my quest is always just to to be someone in the world, and that was always the goal was to to find the grand treasure, and that would happen. It starts tinking on the glass, just like ever so slowly, and it's pointing south southwest from where you are currently is there a window that's, over there that's basically that's south south of uh um the bay side so it's not actually pointing the bay side it's pointing somewhere else is the window over there is there like a window over there yeah you go to the window you look out and you can see just still like desert and 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 just more strooms hair desert i jump out the window <laughs> you just <can't. laughs> oh my gosh how yeah. high up are we <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> um, it's pointing somewhere, guys. Look, I imagine oh, I'm like it? knocking Jack inside to side while I'm messing around <laughs> with this bowl. Careful! Oh, look, careful! Look, give me the give me the bowl back. Stop. Okay, he's, look, he's my fish. Okay. Okay. Well, then this um, is my paper boat. And then I take well, that's my no, lore. It's, it's 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 our boat. We're a team, Zip. Remember. Well, look. then how come you get the fish to yourself, and this is our fish? Well, it's an it's uh, a living thing, and there's just there's a lot. Okay, look, you can talk to him too. That's fine. I don't actually own him. I just mean he wants to train me. That's just kind of what I'm, it's fine. He owns. It's very you. confusing. Look, there's a lot going on right now. There's a lot of voices in our heads. That boat's pointing to something, and we still have this damn journal that needs to be translated by someone in Leek's garden. We're being pulled in three different directions. But look, I feel like we've made a promise to Chris to get you. To this, uh, uh, what's it called? Com- a company retreat? What is this thing again? Uh, it's a convention, Darian. Sorry, I can. I don't know the difference. Goblins love those. So we got to get you for to this convention, and we got to get uh, Chris to this convention. And I have voices screaming in my head, telling me to go to Bayside. I'm gonna go out on a limb and assume it's probably the convention. I I feel like that's a little more of a priority right now, but. We should follow up on this boat, though. All right, Darian. Just you need to take a nap or something. Like my goodness. Yeah, sorry. Whenever I hear these um, voices, uh, it just always leaves me with this pounding headache. So, I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah, I probably do need to take a rest. But yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm a little confused right now. You might be onto something, tall one. In fact, I could use a rest as well, a respite. Uh, Westboro, if you're confident in the location of Bayside, perhaps you could steer the ship while uh, we recuperate, um, because I doubt that I would be good to anyone at my current state. Yeah, I'll get us all there. Don't worry. You guys take a break. I'm going to go over to Chris over here and wake him up. Yeah, sorry. He's unconscious because of me. He got... Sucked in by one of those books, and I just... He wouldn't come willingly, so I kind of knocked him out a little bit. Oh, don't worry. I know a trick. And I walk over to him, and I pull out an ammo pill, and I snap it under his nose like a smelling salt. (laughs) 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 His eyes open. Pure white. (sighs) Where am I? You're back on the boat. Flying boat. No, I shouldn't be here. 
I shouldn't be here. Uh, and they start, like, slowly, they're just, like, limply, like, clawing at the wall. What's the matter with you? What did, Darian, what did you do to him? Zippy, I think something from the Grand Treasure has infected his mind. Look at his eyes. He looks just like them. Mm. Uh, I shoved the ammo pill in his mouth, the one I just snapped. Okay. I forced him to swallow it. <laughs> you see his eyes, the white glazes over, and they're back to normal. Mmm. Uh, oh, mmm. That was yummy. Coconut. New flavor. How do you keep getting these new shipments? <laughs> I'm so confused. Chris brought them. Oh, okay. And I haven't sold much of my original <laughs> batch. Well, you never got restocked after all the samples. What, the monkeys? Anyways, Chris! What monkeys? Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, I feel good. Just a little dizzy. You were more oh, than a little dizzy. Oof. What do you mean? You were like all... Like... You look like someone... We went in the second grand treasure and I took a nap. Okay. Don't know why. If that helps you sleep more, okay. Anyways, where are we going? Are we going to the conference now? I'm so ready. We're heading to the conference, buddy. I just wanted to make sure you're okay. You're in this little corner over here. It's all sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll stay here. It's cozy. Mm, I say we get him to a proper bed. Uh, yeah, we got some guest chambers downstairs. We we can show you a room, Chris. And Peterson, I just want to ask you a quick question before we take a rest. Sure thing, Tarawa. Yeah, come on, let's get Chris a room. <laughs> James! You guys help Chris move down the, the stairs. And then James comes to you. Yes, Master... Master Whisperer. Ah, yes, James. Um... Take Chris down to the quarters and get him all settled. But they're doing... Okay, fine. What do we pay you for with this? We don't pay you for You sass. don't. You don't pay... Okay, f- I'm not in the mood. Look, I can show him a room, James, but I have no idea where the sheets are. You should, because you're always shitting the bed. Don't make me ban <laughs> your privileges. Good one, James. James, that was hilarious. Crushed it. James, yeah. you can't talk to Darian like that. Don't make me ban your letters back to your family. They're all dead, Tom. Oh, oh he still sends them. I do. <laughs> Sounds very sad, actually. And you guys get Chris all settled in and, and everything's good. And Darian and Peterson, you wanted to have a conversation? Yeah, after Chris is kind of in his room and James is getting him settled, I want to kind of take a couple steps away and um, look at Peterson and say, Look, I know the grand treasure isn't exactly what you were looking for and I'm sorry that that happened to be the case but that's uh that was kind of the end of our bargain we we got you here and I just want to know where are you gonna go next what do you want to do we can try and bring you somewhere else if you need but I what do you need that's a kind gesture, tall one. Perhaps later I'll take a spin at holding that paper boat. Um, fortunately, I'm not easily deterred in my goal, and 
if the answers are not in the Grand Treasure. The information I need on how to save my tribe is out there. I... My first priority, though, is to remove this curse. Same as you, because I cannot do anything until that is done. If it's alright with you, I'd like to stay until we get to Bayside. Yeah, of course, I'm not, I'm not gonna kick you off a moving ship. I just... I know that was your destination, and... I know it was probably still a harsh reality to walk into, so... When you're ready and you have a new destination, let me know and we can... We can try and get you settled, wherever that may be. Maybe I get a discount if it's an ongoing trip, because... The 500 up front was a lot for the first time. <laughs> the, this one will be on the house. Oh, that's great. Okay. <laughs> well, good night, Tarwan. Yeah, you too. I'm going to get some rest. And you part ways. Darian, you go into your bedroom and you start taking off your cuirass and, and your armor and stuff and getting into your PJs. Do you, <laughs> boxers or briefs to bed? Boxer briefs. Oh, tight. Um, Draken's on your bedside, and he just turns to you and says, Kid, we gotta talk. Yeah, I figured this conversation was coming. I don't like you leaving me out of your adventures. Clearly, you're getting into some more dangerous stuff. You got FOMO. No. <laughs> Maybe just a little? Listen, being in a bowl <laughs> is restricting. Hey, you chose to be a fish. I'm sorry, you were saying. All I'm saying is, I feel like we need to focus on you some more. You and I need to talk. And more importantly, you and I need to train. Yeah. You haven't had any time to grieve or process anything from Man of Snow. And that's fine. That takes time. But more importantly, remember, we're gonna need to go to the Feywild eventually. Maybe it'll coincide with the Grand Treasure stuff, but we're going to have to go back for your father or to find out what happened. And more importantly... To make you an archfey. Yeah, I know. I just, uh... It's like we talked about, just one day at a time. And... Right now, I just... What we need to do is get to Bayside. And maybe there'll be steps to getting my condition dealt with there. I don't know, but... I know we have to go back to the Feywild eventually, and truth be told, I'm still terrified of that day, thinking about it, but let's just get to Bayside, let's drop off Chris, let's get through this conference, do you mind explaining a conference a little bit later? I don't really know what that is. They didn't have those back in my day. <laughs> oh, okay, I guess we're both going in blind. But look, let's just get through this conference for Zippy, and for... Chris, I guess, and then we can talk about where we're going to go next. That sounds like a good plan for once, coming from you. <laughs> I... It, yeah, 
Thanks. I'm just going to take that one right in the jaw. Okay. I I am in a, a lot of pain still, by the way, so I think I am going to get some rest. All right. Do it. My little Alatrin. Oh, Growing oh. up. Okay. I've already got enough daddy issues. Don't add to it. Okay. Oh, oh you, you just wait. You're going to see me as your new father soon enough. <laughs> it's, it's a little... It's a little, uh, a little soon. Go to bed or you're grounded. That's okay. okay. And Darian just rolls over in his bed. I'm so good at this. Zippy, we cut to you, and you're steering the ship, and Yogurt's in the chambers up there, and he comes to you as you're steering towards Bayside, and he says, Hey, Zip, you know, it'll only take like a day to get there, and... I, I think you deserve some rest. I, I can fly from here. Come over here, yogurt. Uh, okay. Closer. I'm pretty I'm pretty close. <laughs> I Alright. Oh your breath. We haven't talked for a while, have we? Yeah, well you know, I've been taking care of the ship and you've been off doing crazy stuff. How how have you been since Flapjack? His name was Blackjack. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That hurt me. (laughs) How have you been since Blackjack? Right. um, You know, I, I feel like I haven't really had much chance I, you know I saw my family when we were at my hometown and that was when I told them the news and we all cried that I just stopped thinking about it I miss him yeah me too it's like you two you know would talk in tandem it was impressive yeah He'd always be like, Oh, you know how it goes to be. You always gotta get the gold. And I'd be like, Yeah, always gotta get the gold. That was perfect. like that. Yeah. But I gotta move forward. Have you made any friends on this ship or anything? <laughs> yeah, Peppa and Draken are, are cool. And James is sometimes nice to me. You know you're doing a good thing around here. You know that, eh? Thanks. I know Darian and Peterson don't say much to you, but you'll always be my first friend on here, you know. It means a lot, Sip. You know, maybe I'll table the thieving business for now and just help you guys and hopefully see more of the world. Maybe a little thieving on the side. I mean, you taught me that. Maybe a little thieving on the (laughs) side. I can't. Maybe a little bit. I want to give you something. Oh. Keep this secret and safe, okay? And I put the uh, boat that's on my head on his head. (laughs) It's not really my aesthetic, but, you know, I I remember I used to wear a hat way, way early in the campaign, and you guys made fun of me for it, so I never wore it again. (laughs) No one. I just got used to not being a hat guy. No one will make fun of you with this hat. It looks exquisite. And I found it, right, so. my very own. A friend gave it to me, too. 
Thanks, Sip. Keep it secret and safe, okay? No matter what. We need it for our adventures. And if it starts if it starts leading you in some direction, you ask permission first. I'm not I'm not I'm not opposed to you going off on your own adventures as well cuz you got to grow as well, but if I can keep you around, I will as much as I can. Thanks, Sip. Thanks. Thanks. Now, get out of here, you scamp. I have to stay awake because if I go no, to... You, got, you got to go out of here. Come on. No, I'm gonna, I, let me steal. No, let me if steal. If I go to bed, I'm going to have to talk to someone I said I'd talk to next time I go to bed. <laughs> 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 and if they drop a truth bomb on me before this conference, I might not recover. <laughs> well... I guess we'll see if you can pull an all-nighter. But knowing you, you'll probably doze off. Produce so, flame. I'll just keep an eye out. <laughs> <laughs> Produce flame. Okay, well, uh, I'll check on you in a bit. Anyways, night, Zippy. Good night. I cast bark skin. <laughs> Cut to Peterson. You're just getting ready for bed, alone in your room putting your mask on the table. Anything else you want to do before the day ends? Yes, I'd actually like to visit Zippy in uh, the captain, the flying room. Uh, Zippy is looking like he, his eyes are bloodshot as he's really trying to stay awake because he's had a long day, but you go in and Zippy's there with Produce Flame in one hand and Bark Skin on his other arm. <laughs> okay. And I've already cast uh, Moonbeam on myself as well. Okay. <laughs> Westboro, what what are you doing? You're going to have to come in front of the wheel because I can't turn my body. I'm trying to keep myself standing up. Okay. And I I walk in front so he can see me. And I, I see you through the through the wheel because I'm like my my eyesight is like just above the middle of the wheel. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm I really hope that you can steer if something gets in the way with your bark skin, it seems like an autopilot kind of deal. Anyways, I brought you um, a couple things, and I'm going to raise up a bowl of Peterson's best interpretation of tomato soup, um, but it's just basically like 10 tomatoes crushed with hands and then like heated up over a flame. You said that you liked this. Um. Uh, yeah, well, I'm more meant I missed it, I guess. Ah. Uh, oh. Uh. I'll put it here. Well, no, I can drink it. Here. No. You help me. Drink it. Uh, As in, like, pour it. You're going to have to pour it in my mouth. Okay. Hopefully it doesn't pour down the rivets of the bark skin. Um. Dex check. Dex oh, check. Oh, man. Okay. Darian went to sleep, just for the record. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Uh, 12. You start pouring it, and a little turbulence, and you shake, and you just pour it all over <laughs> Sippy's head. Oh, no! To- uh, Westboro, I I am so sorry. Wow, still hot, too. Just recently boiled. <laughs> <laughs> In ah. the mouth! In the mouth again! Uh, all right, I'll tr- I'll try again. Dex check. Uh, 
14 plus 2, 16. Yeah, that's good enough. It mostly gets in the mouth. Nice. Um, all right, well, uh, <laughs> I didn't season it. I thought that's for, that's cheating. Goblins never season their food either. <laughs> it, uh, it tastes great. Well, th- thank you, Westboro. I, um, I know you're busy, but I wanted to show you something from my tribe. And I'm going to pull out a, a deck of cards. And I'm going to deal out half the deck to each of us, just on the floor so he can see. I'm going to say, we came up with this game. It's called Goblin's Gamble. And you basically start with one card and you draw another. And I can show show you a more detailed version of the rules later, but... There's a key mechanic in the game where each card represents a value, and the ace is the lowest one. Except when you pair them together, then they're stronger than anything else. And Westboro, you and I, we live in a world that we have to look up to because we're short, and (laughs) obviously, (laughs) and I'm nervous. Westboro, um, I don't usually do this, but I wanted to say that I I respect what you did going into that grand treasure by yourself. And while I still don't fully understand the importance of the piano key, I understand that when small and weak beings come together, there's nothing they cannot do. And I want to thank you for reminding me of that. You never have to consider yourself weak. You may be small, but you never. whoever has been telling you your life that small equals weak, well, they're wrong. I mean, look at me. I'm staying awake all night. <laughs> A weak person could never do that. <laughs> Make a constitution saving throw? Me? Yeah. Uh, that's a 21. <laughs> Damn! You're starting to like, and then you snap back too. <laughs> See, <laughs> I can't fall asleep <laughs> because fate would call me to something else. <laughs> we don't need a fourth direction right now. <laughs> yes, Westboro. Well, seeing that he's kind of crazed, I'll say, I'll leave you to it. But I again, thank you and. Thank you for the soup. That actually meant a lot. But you're not getting a raise. I, I Again, I paid you, but it's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to start walking out, but I'm going to pause at the door. And I'm going to say, for however much time we still have together, I appreciate what we have had already. And I'll walk out. Ominous, but endearing. I like that guy. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen at Bayside? Zippy, you're the last one awake. Everybody else has gone to bed, except maybe Yogurt. He's probably still trying to keep an eye on you. But you're just staring, and you're still feeling really, like, doze off. You're feeling really sleepy. Your eyes are heavy. Everything. Make another constitution saving throw. I got a six. (laughs) But I last ditch put a pill in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, I was planning on just like constantly doing the saving throws until you fall asleep to force you to fall asleep and just see how many times you can actually save it while it's progressively (laughs) getting harder. But you failed pretty bad. And you can tell sleep is coming. And you go to put an ammo pill in your mouth and it goes, and it bounces off your teeth, (laughs) falls to the floor. Damn you, big teeth. You go under. And woo. You're in the white space. And Darian is there. And so is Paige. And they're just talking. Darian, please tell me you painted the ship's bridge and it's all white and Paige suddenly got here. I'm afraid not. Damn you! I just kind of showed up a few minutes ago and just asked Paige to relay a message. Damn my parents teaching me the importance of sleep. Um, Mr. Westbrook, oh, what am I saying? Zippy. I don't know why I keep trying to be polite to you, you freaking asshole. But <laughs> wow, you're like seven. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell Galwood I said that, okay? Yeah, see, Darian, um, now you're waking up to a seven-year-old's, like, true power. Anyways, what do you want? Where's the guy? Oh, he'll be he'll probably be here. He didn't want to play any games with me. Once you left, he left. It was so boring. And you see a door <sighs> appears. And out comes the torso-faced, blue-skinned, toga-wearing god of dreams viso comes out and he's just like hello hello finally oh and darian you're here you don't visit often freaking meditator jeez I, sorry i just had to send a message it's fine well i'm glad you're here and i'm glad that you actually conveyed the message to zippy um but uh, anyways, uh, let's let's begin our chat. I don't really have time to waste since I'm a little bit on a deadline. So here we go. And he snaps his fingers and you're all at a big conference table. And you're all sitting in various spots. It's very large. And he's just like, all right. So, friends. I hope we're friends now. It's been known each other for a little bit. But uh, listen, I'm coming to you all, I guess, and... Specifically you, Zippy. For uh, a favor. I need a certain job done. And I think you might be the team to do it. Think a seven-year-old is is part of the team to do it? Yeah, maybe. She seems quite imaginative, which could be useful for this. Is this like... Look, the only way we'll agree to this is if there's something in it for us. Oh, sure. I'll, g- I'll give you whatever you want. What do you want? Mm. To never dream again? <laughs> mm, I passed this over to Darian. I had to, had to think. I didn't think it would be that easy. I, um, I mean, well, just getting our regular dreams back would be nice. But what can you offer? <laughs> You're all super interested in grand treasures, and, hmm, well, I might have certain information that would be useful to you about that, being a god and all. I mean, Salem was 
a part of me at one point when uh, we were Nobis, but yeah. Well, you know. I got it. I want you to wake up Norman. Oh, him. Well, I don't necessarily actually have the power to do that because he's dead. Yeah, but you got friends in high places, and he's in a low place right now. Whoa, 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 he's not dead. His his body's alive on the ship. He's just he's just sleeping, I thought. That's what parents defi- tell you to get through the hard times, Darian. Come on. Okay, well, I mean, he's he's breathing and his heart's beating. I've checked it. Anyways, I should probably say I'm not all-powerful. I can't do stuff whatever I want, and even within the dream world, I'm a little bit uh, incapacitated, if if that makes any sense. You see, let me explain. As I said before, this dream plane was kind of an unfinished work of Domian Nobis way back in the day. So when I came around, I thought, hey, I'd set up shop here and build this giant tree. You know, it's kind of a tree with all the branches, and each fruit on the branch is a new dream bubble for a different person. It kind of connects everybody. At least that's my vision. But the thing is, even though I made this somewhat, it's still not completely under my control. Hence, I need this anomaly, the little rabbit. What do you mean? What what do I have to do with all of this? I'm just as... Darian's here too. Yes, but he's normal. You're weird. And by weird, I mean you're kind of super connected to the dream plane. Sometimes, potentially, a little bit more than me. But don't let that get to your head. Maybe it's because I've got aspiring dreams. Mm, I'm a dreamer. (laughs) But either way, I need you to get down inside the tree into the trunk of it. Way down deep. Most people just live on the branches. Even I can just live at the top of the trunk. But the trunk goes a long way down and the roots even further. And there's someone down there I need you to get. And I need you to wake them up. I, who would that be? Mm. Well, I'll tell you more once we're all ready to go. And, well, seems like we're going through with this, so what do we say? Click, and the conference table zips away, and you're all standing, and a door appears. And he says, how about we head inside? And he opens the door, and... Inside the door, you just see flashing trails of, like, blue neon lights and people walking back and forth in these full suits with clipboards like you saw way back when. And they're all kind of just rushing back and forth, kind of doing, like, research or something. And he's just like, how about we head inside and uh, uh, we can figure out the rest and I'll clue you in a little bit more. This little space is a little stuffy for me. Wait, we're doing this right now? I have a conference to go to. Oh, well, dream time and that. Once you're in the trunk, it'll be like a second. It'll 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 be all fine. Wait, 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 wait. Can you get us, like, a, an audience with a god who can maybe revive Norman or something? What about yeah, we- sure. Oh, no, I which, need- which one do you want? No, more than that. Well, do we, me and Darian both get, like, wishes? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, I'll do Norman and then D- Darian. I feel like you should do the Grand Treasure one. I mean, sure, yeah. We can decide when we get there. 
Well, no. We have to decide now or else plans change. Guys, I don't have time. Okay, Okay. well, we'll walk just... and talk then. All right, sounds good. And so Viso is standing at the door and he's kind of staring at you guys. And behind him is the, the door, like entranceway. So he's facing you guys. And just as he's turning, you see coming up from behind his back an ear an all black ear and beneath that a ball head a black ball head and below that a black body with two arms with black Mickey Mouse gloves and then you just see a foot coming up as they go to kick and you just see Viso gets kicked right in the side and goes flying into the door and the black ball person now is kind of fully formed they have an orb head no face but two long rabbit ears and a black rabbit ball like kind of old school mickey style thing and they go and run grab the doorknob close it get on top of the door and shove it into the ground and they just look at you guys point and like are saying like come follow follow and they just start sprinting uh, Zippy? What just happened? I mean, the door doesn't exist anymore, but we had a deal with that guy. I think the deal has just changed. Okay, we can say we were kidnapped. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> you, pages just say, oh, hell yeah, black ball guy, woo! And you all run, and the black ball stops, and you guys catch up, and he points at you, Zippy, you, Paige, and even you, Darian, and just says, hands in the ground, and they pour their hands, and it, like, ripples in the ground, and their hands go underneath the white floor. I follow suit. I do the same. Uh, hands in the ground. And Paige does it, too. And you can feel the wooden siding of a door, and you all yank up, and you see a door starts coming out, and up, and up, and up, and a door appears and the black ball runs around the side and grabs it and flings it open and you can see there's kind of a blue glow immediately outside the door and beyond that a black sea with waves and it's just a black endless sea and the black ball runs around grabs all of you, their arms kind of stretch around like rubbery and they all wrap around you and they push you through the door. No shit. And you're falling. And you're looking up and the black ball jumps out the door too and the door vanishes. And you can see you're falling and there's this giant blue luminescent tree that's just kind of like you're falling in between the branches and you're just falling and falling. Zippy, you saw this a long time ago. The first time you ever slept, you saw, or the second time you ever slept, actually, you saw that you were in the sea and you could see the tree from afar. And it's the same view. You're in the same space. Oh, my gosh. And you're falling and falling and falling. And the water's coming closer and you guys go and you splash and you're surrounded by darkness and 
you see Darian and Paige both get extended arms. You get you get grabbed on your arm, Darian, and get pulled up out of the water. And as soon as you're pulled out, you're not drenched or wet or anything, but you land on the water, and now it's solid. But Zippy, you're a little ways off, and you're kind of like paddling and paddling. And the black ball is running to reach you. If I, if I like think myself to levitate, can I levitate? You think to yourself to levitate? And beneath your feet, in the water, in the ocean, all of a sudden beneath your feet, you feel hands grip your feet from below you. And they push oh. you up. And you're standing now whew, on the water as it's solid. And the hands, you look down, you didn't see any hands. Okay. I'm wondering if I have, like, my dream powers in this space. Uh, like, can I fly? Like, can I try flying? You start flying a little bit. What? Oh, boy! Darian, I have my powers back in here. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh... That's pretty neat. Um, also, where are we going? Yeah, where the hell are we? Where's the ball guy? The ball guy's kind of hard to see because it's black and the whole area is black, but the ball guy looks at you, Zippy, gives two thumbs up, and they start sprinting away from the tree, and they, like, gesture to you, Darian, and Paige to follow. Follow him? Yeah, like, like, follow follow him as he's, like, running away. Okay. I start running after him. Um, and actually, I'll uh, I'll pick up Paige and I'll throw her on my back so she can keep up because she's young. Paige gets on your back and you start just jogging after the the black ball bunny person. Zippy, are you gonna just fly with them? Yeah. Can I like light up the area? Can I just be like let there be light? You say let there be light, and around your body, there's some light, and you can see the waves a little bit clearer, and you can see up ahead, like, the light that you're shining goes quite far, but you can see there's kind of, like, a black cloud off in the distance away from the tree. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I just, I keep following the Mickey Mouse bunny guy. You're all sprinting and flying, and as you're sprinting, you notice the tree behind you. It's like first you're running and the tree behind you, it's like it's moving further away at like a slow pace, like as you'd be running. But then all of a sudden you feel like the tree is going far away and far away. And then it feels like you're moving at like light speed, like you're moving so fast. All of a sudden it's like the ground is like ice and you're just sliding forward. Zippy, you're kind of like flying like a jet now and you're picking up speed and picking up speed and the black cloud is coming and coming and then flash, you see a giant hand. There's a thunderbolt that goes across the black clouds and a hand and then you guys enter into the cloud and the water and the floor is still beneath you but you're running and running and then flash, you see a giant kind of like snake and then flash, you see just a hammer. And flash, you see a piano. And flash, you see a rabbit person, a lapine. And then flash, 
And it's just flashing in all different images, like, formed in the clouds, like, just giant images as you're just, like, still running. Even if you try to stop now, Darian, you're still just sliding. And you're sliding, and you feel the momentum and momentum and momentum. And then the the Black Bunny stops walking, and all of you stop behind it. And it's like the whole area just completely changed. The black smoke fades away. And you're standing on kind of cobblestone, a cobblestone bridge with doors every 20 feet on either side. And there's just these lampposts too lighting the way. So there's some light, but they're just old steel lampposts. And there's doors all alongside here. Uh, I f- does is Darian at the doors now? Should I fly? Like, I yeah, you're like flying I'm... just above the bridge, and Darian, you're on the bridge with with uh, the black ball bunny and Paige. Okay, oh, damn. Yeah, I'm gonna come down and uh and be with Darian and Paige now. You fly down, and the black ball bunny looks at all of you and does a thumbs up, and then points at you, Zippy. And then points at the ground, just at your feet. And they tap on a certain rock, a cobblestone, and it seems a little loose. And they tap at it with your foot, and they point at you, and then point at the rock. Um, I look at Darian and wait for a nod of approval. I mean, I don't know what else we're going to do. I have no idea what these doors are. Do it, Zippy. Do it. Uh, I I tap the rock with my foot. Just off the bridge, there is black smoke and stuff. Like it's kind of still surrounding you, and you see a flash of lightning and like, and you see just like a goat in the distance. And you tap the floor, and the rock seems like it can move. And you flip it open, and underneath the cobblestone. There's a door handle. Uh, I grab, I grab the door handle and twist it. Pull. Oh. You twist, and lines appear on the floor of the bridge, and it opens up. And when you're looking down, it's kind of like looking forward through a door. It's like kind of gravity shifts, and you look down. And you can see it's just a thin chasm with lots of like foothold platforms of stone arching out the side. But beneath it, down, falling down into the chasm, there's red, red like fog with lightning coursing through it every now and then. And there's rain falling upwards from the red mist. And it's hitting a surface of water that's just constant and about 40 feet away when looking up through the, the door frame. Uh, so it's like the water's on the ceiling and the rain's flowing upwards and it's just there and it's just rippling from the rain and the black ball takes Paige off your back puts her down and points at you Zippy and points down into the ground where like the the red, the smoke is in the water and everything into the into the doorway yeah does she want me to like Mufasa page into this hole? No, they're just pointing at you. 
and pointing to go into the door. <laughs> Are my plane senses tingling? They're or all out of whack. Like you you okay. can't really sense much at all. <laughs> Darian's cross-eyed. Uh, <laughs> think this. I think this door is for you, Zippy. But Darian, it's so deep. Is this safe? Look down this thing. Yeah, you face scarier, right? It's a pit with, with just. Sm- I don't have my magic carpet or anything. No, but you can fly, right? But I guess, I guess it was. I guess I. I really just wanted to hear you acknowledge it out of your mouth. <laughs> Thanks, Darian. I've acknowledged it the whole. I've acknowledged it the whole time. I just. <laughs> Look, just stay safe, okay? I'll I'll keep an eye on Paige. I guess this is a dream after all. The black ball looks at you, Darian, touches your shoulder, and just points at Zippy. Like it's saying you should support Zippy. <laughs> he never does. You... <laughs> what <are> you <sighs> Okay, look, Zippy. I believe in you. I really do. Like, support isn't go in there with them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank okay. you. I need to hear that. <laughs> well, you know what? I still mean it. So, look, I'll follow your lead. This is this is beyond me. My, my experience with planes is still pretty limited. All I know is this is a really, really weird one. So, after you... Well, I'll get on your back, so because you can't fly as far as I know, so I'll try and like make you fly as well. Oh, okay. You'll be my, like my Hulk, and I'll be like your. <laughs> You're my jetpack. Jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're ready to go. Um, Darren, you jump. You jump when we're ready to go. Yeah, you're kind of like flying, like he has his arms underneath your armpits and you're kind of hovering over the door. Okay. All right. I, uh. I'm like bridle carrying Darian. <laughs> I, uh. Descending like Goku, just coming through. Exactly. All right, let's, uh. Let's jump in. You guys go and descend into the door, and immediately you feel gravity shift as you enter descend into it but then it flips so you're upright and walking and you can see it's a thin chasm with easy to jump to platforms like rock platforms sticking out of the sides and the red mist below crackling with energy and the rain is falling upwards we're we're floating right seth like we're not yeah you're floating in the middle of it and you can see the chasm goes for a ways like it, it looks like it just goes straight for a while. Um, it's like I, the only real direction is up. Is it? It's down, not up. It's forward. <laughs> Whoa! Well, no, he said there was there was platforms going up. No platform. Oh, sorry, like, platforms going forward is what I meant. Yeah, I guess let's let's keep moving forward one one step at a time. <laughs> one float at a time. And you guys are floating across the way. Careful not to drop Darian in the in the pit too and into the red mist. <laughs> Yikes. But you look up and you can see <laughs> the water that is just above you. It's like the ocean that's just above your head is just mirroring the ground beneath you, like beneath the ripples. It's like it's still foggy to see, but it looks like it's just a perfect kind of like reflection through the water. Um 
but you're moving and moving and the chasm opens up into a giant ringed area where there's no more platforms there's just one peak like extension from the mouth of the chasm that you're exiting it's just one long rock platform that extends out into the center of this circle beneath is the red mist and lightning and above is the the lake of water there's like a surface of lake water above us yes okay uh, we land on the ring i guess that makes sense it's kind of like a bridge going out into the center of it and then it stops at the center right so there's like a like a point like a, yeah right like a, a peninsula a, if you will like a pride rock <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we'll uh, let's land a little bit before that and do like a a little walk up to it. You land. Anticipation. I like it. You land just before the peak, and just as your feet, both your feet, touch the ground, the rain stops, and the lake water above you go still and it's still like a mirror reflection of where you're standing it's just like upside down and you're moving up and up it's a little bit slanted upwards towards the water this is just like when the hy- hyenas took over pride rock <laughs> and you move <laughs> and you're moving forward and now that it's still, you can see something else. Someone someone else is moving forward to the peak of it. Yeah, it's Darian. He's beside no, me. No, in the reflection. And they seem angry. And you see a reflection of Norman D., and he what? is just like angrily yelling as he's moving forward and he's looking kind of distraught in the mirror above you and he's just like bad he's just like kind of like punching the air and also just kind of like shaking his hands like he's yelling and arguing with something Darian it's Norman he's there this is, he's not on the ship he's here this maybe this is where his I, I don't know his, his his soul or his consciousness ended up I don't I, I don't know maybe can is, we get? Is he walking towards the the tip of the t- of this walkway? Yeah, he is. Is he running, or is, are we? He's kind of just like moving at the same pace you're moving, just kind of like a casual walk. But he's also kind of like y- arguing and yelling, but you can't hear anything. And he looks like he's just we, through the mirror of the water. And we just see him. Yes. Uh, I want to start calling out to him. I said, "Norman, Norman, can you hear us?" Norman! He doesn't react, and he's still moving, and he reaches the tip of the peak, the closest point to the water. Like your water, I guess, if it's flipped. Uh, we, we rush to the peak as well. Mm-hmm. You rush to the peak, and the water is just above your head, Darian. And you can see he's still just like standing there and he's just kind of like 
sighing and like has his head to his like his face his hand to his face just face palming sorry just for our clarification is it like the peak is above us or in front of us? it's like the peaks are mirrored so yours is moving up theirs is moving down you know it's like it's like a mirror above you Yep, just make just making sure. That's that's what I okay. Right. It's yep. like it's like we're reaching the top of where the water actually hits, right? Yes. And it's like like Darian if Darian put his hand up right now, he could feel the water. Yes. Wow. Um Wow. Yeah. Speaking of which I was I'm feeling tempted. <laughs> um Zippy, should I reach out? Is he looking? Can he see us? <laughs> I don't think so. I keep calling out to him, but he can't hear me. I, gr- I grab him by the horns. We need him back. I slowly start raising my hand uh, and make contact with the water. It feels solid. I I push harder. Solid. Break it, Darian. Break it. I... I can't. It won't let me through. Damn, break it. I s- we need to get I Norman. Start, like, I start banging on it, trying to get his attention. Norman! Norman! Nothing. They don't seem responsive, and it's solid. I don't know. Uh, I don't I, know what to I do. Start, I start looking around, like, feverishly. Like, is there anything anything here? Zippy, you, you, you can fly. You can use your, your, your dream powers. Punch, punch through with your dream powers. I don't know. I'll try. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I, I try to break it. You jump up just for the first one. You hop up and you go to slap the, the thing and you slap it and it's water. And you see Norman kind of his head perks up and he's like looking around like something just startled him. Darian, boost me. <laughs> He heard that. Yeah, come here. And I, I lift Zippy up over my head so he can he can just touch the water. You lift him up. And you're touching the water. And it breaks through. And your arm is through. And your hand is wet from the water. What do you do? Uh, I try to grab him. You reach up. And he's looking around like he's heard something. And you reach. And you clasp onto his horn. (laughs) And he's just like, what? What? And he goes to swat at the hand. And he feels your hand. And he looks up. And tears start flowing down his face. And you start pulling. And he's he, he's solid. He's hard to pull. And just as you have him off the ground a little bit, his feet fall back to the ground and your grip loosens from his horns. No! no dude, I, I grab him again. Push me back! Darian. From beneath, you push up, holding Zippy above your head as far as you can go. Zippy completely submerged in the water. You reach up and grab both horns with both hands. And what do you do? Uh, I, 
hook my legs onto Darian's arm, and then I just start with all my strength pull as hard as I can. And I help him, and my pull is zippy as hard as I can. All right, pull! Pull as hard as you can. Please both roll d20s, just straight. I got a natural 20. (laughs) (laughs) What did you get, Darian? 12. (laughs) Zippy. More than anything, the question to what you wanted most, deep down, I think you know what the answer was. And with all your strength, and Darian below, you're both dragging him down. And Norman's lifting. And the tips of their horns are falling through the water. They're coming to your side. Zippy, you are out of the water now, and you're pulling. And Darian, you grab a horn and keep pulling. And his eyes come out and meet yours below the water. And his mouth comes out. And through. You wake up. To a loud crashing bang on the ship deck. And Peterson, you come running down. Because you just saw someone land, jump through the air, and come crashing on the deck. The one that we met in the snail. He's here. He's here now. And that's where we're going to take a break. Well, hello. It is me, DM Seth, here with a mid-roll for you. Um, man, I hope you've enjoyed the episode so far. It was kind of a, you know, a slow build and lore, and then all of a sudden, Norman? Oh, man. I, I hope uh, you get the same chills I do when listening to that scene. It was pretty insane when we played it uh, live. But anyways, this episode is a beast, so let me get right into the announcements. First up, uh, our newest patron. We got a new one. It's Barry a Bard. Barry, who is a Bard. Uh, good choice, especially with uh, Norman just being in that dream sequence all of a sudden. You gotta love Bards. You gotta love Norman. Um, so thank you so much for supporting our, our Patreon like this and uh, supporting the show. We hope that this finale and everything will really make you proud of being a supporter of ours. And uh, it really means a lot to us that you would help us in this way. Also, shout out to our legend tier patron, Randy. Uh, Randy, you are insane. And I hope you uh, never get a blue flower curse on you. Uh, I'll get more creative with the shout outs, Randy, in season three. Trust me, it's we're it's a little bit busy right now. We got a lot to do because... Not only uh, do we have this finale part, but we have two others. I know earlier in the episode I said, oh, the finale's in two parts, but it's actually three parts. Uh, And they both come out next week, believe it or not. Yeah, we're on the weekly schedule right now. So Tuesday, April, or sorry, April, uh, August 11th is finale part two. And then the day immediately after that, August 12th, is the final part, finale part three. So get excited for that. And also, if you're not a patron, don't worry about it. Uh, we do have a really cool growing Discord community there and everything at the $2 tier if you're interested. But um, 
you can support the show in other ways, which the, you know, the biggest one is just reviewing us on iTunes or Podchaser. Those reviews really, really do mean a lot and help us and they're hard to get. Um, but reviews help uh, telling your friends and family, just following us on social media and sharing our stuff. That always helps too. And all of it is very much appreciated. So uh, yeah, uh, get ready for next week's episodes. And then the week after that's musical. And then the week after that's going to be the season or two year celebration slash Q&A of our show. Um, so lots coming down the pipeline and lots of editing to do. But this episode is got quite a bit more to do. We got like another hour of content here. Um, so take a break if you need it. Save this for another commute or something. Uh, or power on through because I think it's also very, very good. Um, all right. Well, take care, everybody, and enjoy the rest of the finale part one. Bye. So, we're back. That was wild. And Karen has just landed on your ship. You all... Do you, you, you guys were sleeping in your room. Zippy, you were tucked into your bed after falling asleep at the wheel. Um, do you want to just rush upstairs? Well, I'm going right. to throw my armor on. Yeah, I'm going to run upstairs and uh, to where okay. the sound was coming from because it woke me up and I heard Peterson Garion Zippy you join Peterson you go above deck to the top deck the open air and you see James Pepper Draken um, even Chris is there and and so is Yogurt everybody's there on the top deck staring and they all kind of seem battle ready uh, Pepper's even growling and going, Gotcha! <laughs> and, and you see basically superhero landed on the deck, kind of splitting the wood too, making a little crater where he landed, is Karen. Karen in a full kind of trench coat, the same raggedy trench coat as before, but at this time, he's got a haircut. He has shortened hair that's slicked back. And you can fully see his old aged face now with the black skin that crosses from the corners of his mouth all the way around his head and down his body. Um, You can see he still has his one horn and the other one sawed off and his pointed elf ears. And he's just looking at all of you. And he just says, finally, I've been waiting to reunite. Did you get my messages? Yeah, we got your messages. You've knocked me unconscious more than once. Can you can you fix this? <laughs> yes, sorry. I should have mentioned when I share the flower and we connect. There's a little bit of growing pains with it. But <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, be last hold up. Can we disconnect? I'm I don't want this. No, I'm afraid not because we still have stuff to do. And, unfortunately, I desperately need your help. I'll help if I if you get this thing off my leg. Please, it's dreadful. Karen, there has to be a give-and-take relationship. These guys can't even say... Uh, Darian can't even enjoy his gardening habit anymore because he's afraid of dying. You. You. And Karen starts stomping towards you, Zippy. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Darian I jumps sh- in I start front. to move towards Zippy. You guys jump in front to block and he's just like 
What are you doing? Whoa, 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 slow, slow down, slow down. What's going on? I'm just excited to see you all. We need to speak pragmatically. Listen, we cannot even begin to conceive helping you while we are so, um, so greatly hindered with the condition that you've put upon us. At least in the meantime, you need to satiate or stop what's happening. Otherwise, we cannot be of any use to anyone. I can't even say your name. You can say it now. Well, say it. Well, uh. I. It's not like I don't trust you, but I. I'll, You're treating me as a foe. I thought we were friends. I thought we solved everything in the snail. Karen, and then D- uh, Darian like puts both hands on the side of his ears, like an explosion's gonna go off. I'm kidding. Nothing happens. And Karen says, "You see." I just set the condition that you couldn't say that for now, because I was worried Lou Blonga might find out. So I'm sorry that I had to put a kind of cap on your words, but it's better to stay incognito when planning an assassination. Oh. An an assassination? Yes. And you are my hidden blade. And he points at you, Zippy. Um, I'm not the assassin type. You you might want to get someone else. Yeah, he's really not. He's a druid. I mean, he's a thief. He's a thief. He's probably close. I point at yogurt. Wait, uh, Rick DM, is, is, uh, is Chris up here? Yeah, Chris is up here. <laughs> and he's just kind of confused. <laughs> <laughs> there, there goes your he's promotion. He's just like, what's going on? What's going on? And he heard Loop Longer and he's like, what? What? He still isn't like fully clued in. Hey, Chris, uh, do you mind going back to bed for a minute? <laughs> yes, the adults yeah, are talking. I'm still pretty sleepy. I'm still pretty sleepy. You're right. Yeah. Uh, James, can you escort him down, please, and make sure he stays there? Sure. This isn't really my scene anyways. Let's go. And he takes him away. Um, I I ain't no hidden blade, okay? I, as they said, I'm a druid, and I... I'm not. I, I used to. I did that once a while back, and it didn't go well for me. Wait, what? You you were what? The the boat. Remember? Oh right, yeah, that did not go well. I can attest. You think you think stabbing a knife in someone while they're dead would immediately kill them? <laughs> I thought you'd all be a little bit more on board with this, considering you were friends of Gilbert. I'm doing this to avenge him put an end to that snake's life. Look, you never explained what the what your detest for Lublonger and everything. You need to, we need to sit down if you want me to be your hidden blade, you need to just walk us through everything. The and connection with Gilbert, Lublonger, and then who you even are. And please get this off my leg. I, I, like, I feel like I got like an STI from you and I didn't even, we didn't even do anything. <laughs> No benefits. Calm down. Listen, I can help. Watch. And you see your flower starts to bloom, but it's not hurting this time. And even though the things are wrapping around your leg, it's feeling soothing and warm. And also for your ass, Peterson, where your blue flower is. And you can feel your life slowly coming back. This is amazing. And you're fully healed and full spell slots. Just as a note, I did bring Draken up with me so he can be here for this. Yep, he's here. And uh, Draken's just going, Oh, no, 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 no. Darian, you okay? It definitely feels better than the last time. 
I don't really want that guy to know I'm a special fish, in case he's weird about it. Sounds good. Darian, who are you talking to over there? Nothing. Nothing. My leg feels great, um, but still don't want the flower. Just making that very clear, very prominent. Still don't want it. Fine. Your your critique has been noted and filed away and forgotten. Karen, I... Karen, you have to answer my questions. Yes, okay. I'm sorry. I'm, a, I'm clearer minded now. When we met last time, I was not in a good headspace. Now, you can't say things like that open-ended without saying why. I, we need a backstory here. <laughs> Don't make us cast legend lore again. It took ten minutes. <laughs> Listen. I'll keep it brief. Because we're almost at Bayside. I'm a beast of creation. What? Aren't we all? I'm, well, no, we're not all. Well, some people call bunny, little rabbits, beasts. No, Zippy, the, I know enough to know that the beasts of creation were the first things that Domi and Nobis created. Well, excuse me, but that's a big deal. You could say that I was the first kind of blueprint of, well, all of you. Notice the horn, notice the ears. I even have a cat tail in the back, but I keep it hidden. Kakarot style. All the beasts were different, but I was, well, kind of a blueprint, you could say. Anyways, fast forward. Lots, because I'm not going to get into it. Because I need to focus. Gilbert and I were greeters together. We had a squad of people, but me and Gilbert were the spearheads. And we found Grand Treasure Clues. We found a handful, but... Well, I slipped up. And... People died because of me. And Gilbert couldn't let that go. So things got kind of complicated... I used to be wild. I used to be blinded with rage and all these emotions, but I i admit my fault that I couldn't keep it in check. But now I feel as though I am renewed. And even though Gilbert hated me probably to the grave, I... Still want to do right by him. You gave him a flower, too. It was necessary. The whole squad had a flower. They needed my strength, and... Unfortunately, sometimes... If I lose control... I can end up sucking their strength dry. Wait... Hold up. You just said you sucked them dry. You mean their life force? You killed them with the flower? Yes, because when you're connected, you can kind of give and take, but it's kind of more of a parent-child relationship. Get this off of my leg! Holy smokes, no! I'm not sitting here at gunpoint! You could kill me at any moment! And I won't! Calm down. 
I don't do that anymore, and I have the power under control. As I was wandering through the wilderness after splitting ways with Gilbert, searching for my original goal, which was to find someone named Parley. She was a god. Which god? Funnily enough, she never chose anything to be the god of when she divided. So, god of nothing, I guess. But anyways, when I met you, when I met you all, I was at my lowest point. Thinking life was meaningless and nothing mattered anymore. I was going to die, but you all opened my eyes. Even through our brief conversation, you showed me what what I meant to do. You inspired me. You got me out of my slump, and, and now I know that I need to make right the wrongs I did in the past before I can move forward. Hence... Why I need to kill Lou Blonger for Gilbert. But I I don't understand how Lou Blonger killed Gilbert. Karen, the, the woman who killed Gilbert bore one of your flowers. It isn't one of mine. I only have three people in the entire multiplanar verse that have my flower and are alive. Yourself, Darian, you, Peterson, and Lou Blonger. And I know that anyone who would have another blue flower in this world, it all would have stemmed back to him. I have no clue how he's doing it or how he's spreading it because every time, as I said before, When you have a blue flower, you can give a blue flower for that parent-child stemming down the roots system. But when you give that spore, it takes a portion of your life away to do it. People like you could only possibly do it once, maybe twice, and still live. So I need to figure out how he's doing this. And take back that gift, which he is abusing. So Gilbert's death was really your fault? Yes. Is that the same with Farron? The sorcerer candidate from Orum? Was that- Yes, that would- that would have to be Lou. I've heard of Farron and what happened there, and- It all just seems connected to Lou. But you- the thing is, you can't prove any of- that Lou did any of this. He's a good man. He started this company and it's- it's inclusive to everyone and it gives everyone a shot for happiness and and purpose in the world wait do you know the secret behind these pills you'd ventured with him were you were you part of that that was something lou showed me due to my past lifestyle and the spores and flowers i used to give my life is Kind of fluctuating. So I needed the raisins. And the raisins, 
absorb anything they kind of grow with or come in contact with. So when somebody eats it, the first thing it absorbs is their magical energy. I only did that, and he supplied the grapes for me from those who were dying, or even some animals. I'm not proud of it, and personally, after I do this, I'm never going to eat another grape again. He had me on a leash with those things, and now I'm breaking free of that. Did these... Well, what, what do these raisins look like? What do they taste like? What are these? It tastes like anything. Depends on what they're absorbing. The, could they taste like a durian? I mean, yeah. Pro- yeah, it could. Zippy. Do you recall at the port? Did we ate those... We ate those raisins in the port. We saw those grapes in the crates. And I'm Dr. Seuss and rhyming, but... <laughs> did... We may have already encountered these. Do they stay inside you? Normally, yes. Are they... Are they dangerous inside of you? No. No real effects occur until you've eaten... Approximately 50. <laughs> oh. That's a... Uh, that's a steep cost of entry. <laughs> but more pragmatically... Karen, you... And Lou seem to have a complicated and in-depth relationship, but more importantly than that, you are far more capable in combat and and prowess than all three of us combined. Why is it you do not go face Lou on your own? Why do you need us? Lou is tricky. I've never met someone more clever than Lou. And I can't just rush in there. Because... He could have a trick up, of, up his sleeve, anything. That's why I need to do it when he's most vulnerable and when he'll be most surprised. If he has an endless supply of grapes, his magical abilities will never be exhausted. Is he connected with any other greeters, like the fourth and fifth top greeter by chance? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Those numbers change all the time, so I'm not even sure who that is right now. Uh, um, Odin and... Uh, what was the other one's name? We still have one of his scales. Well, we have Odin's scale. What was... Zippy, what was the elephant's name? Darian, I don't care. This is a, this is stupid. I'm, I'm not going saying, to kill Lou Blonger. I'm not I'm doing just saying, that. Oh, they had... The grapes, if they're connected, they might be another risk in this situation, too, is what I'm trying to get at. No, I don't Zippy, care. Zippy, please. Please, Zippy, please. And he comes to you. And he's like, All I ask is you distract him. That's it. You don't have to pull the trigger. I... I can't... He's... He's... The, For he's, Gilbert. He's the only reason I got out of the Bramble Patch, though. I, he's the first step on my journey. It's all thanks to him. What's in it for us, Karen? Perhaps you can motivate us to do the things uh, that we do not... Don't... 
Peterson, don't include me in this. Were you not listening to me? This is super important to me. But what I'm saying, Westboro, is that perhaps even you can be motivated. Perhaps there's something you want even more than protecting Lou Blanger. Are you saying I can be bought just willy-nilly? We all have things that we need to pursue. If you help me, I'll give you the greatest honor I can give someone. Letting them join me on my journey to save this world. Zippy, if what Karen is saying is true, Lou might be more dangerous than we know, than you know. But it's all just a bunch of who's, what's, and know-hows. It doesn't make any sense. We we can't prove that he was the one who gave the flower to the person who killed Norman, and we can't prove he gave the other one to the season one final boss. Yeah, <laughs> Farron, and you're you're right. But are these claims not at least worth looking into? If this Fine. is if, if you, it is true, it wouldn't if you. If Karen can prove. Know? If Karen can prove that Lou had anything to do with this, fine. Maybe I would consider helping only because, for Norman's sake, it would be a bit of revenge on our part. But he, you have to prove it, Karen. There's, there's no... Th- th- I'm not giving you an inch until you prove it. Also, a nice show of goodwill, like, you know, removing our flowers might be great ev- evidence. Um, Darian, that's asking a bit too much. It's a gift. Okay. It's really that's not. a bit too much, yes. I, it's really not. Okay. Listen, Zippy. If you want proof, just go in there and ask him. To, your, to his face, ask him. No, because that's, that's going to distract him, and then I'll be a co- an accomplice. You have to prove this. No, no, no. We'll make a signal. And I won't act until you give me the go-ahead. You have to promise. Promise on Gilbert's life. He gets on a knee and kneels before you. And bows his head and says, On my second horn, I promise. Wait, Karen, you said you can set the conditions of the flowers, right? Yes. Do you have have a flower yourself? Could you set a condition that unless Zippy gives you a signal, you can't make an attempt on Lou's life? It only works parent to child. So what if I tried to give you one of my flowers? Mine would consume yours. It only goes back. It only goes one way, not both. Oh, well, I'm out of ideas. I tried, Zip. Okay, I'll take this gesture for what it is, but you have to promise, and it's only because I'm a nice person that I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. But know this, that if you're lying and you do something... Me and Darian and Peterson are going to kill you. And we're going to do everything we can to do that. That's for sure. Even if it means I have to chop off Darian's leg and shove it down your mouth. Okay, well, I mean, can you just learn to regenerate first before we get there and then we'll talk about the leg chopping? Zippy, are you willing to do this for me? You give the signal, I'll do it. If you don't... 
I won't do anything. I promise. I know you'll see what I see. Because I know what you are. Anybody here know Zone of Truth? Anyone? Alright, never mind. I'd at least like to, um, insight check him, DM. Sure. Everybody insight check. Eleven. <laughs> okay, six plus, uh, six, twelve. I got a twenty, not natural. Whoa. Uh, Do you know any other numbers? Gary <laughs> <laughs> and Peterson, your radars are a little off, but, uh, Zippy, you can tell as as far as you can tell, he seems to be completely honest. Um... Deal, but no more tricks with with Peterson's butts or Darian's leg, okay? Butts, plural. <laughs> In fact, every 20 minutes, I want you to give them the boost of energy. If we're going to make this plan work, they're going to need like advantages and things like that. You have my word. I will boost them approximately every 20 minutes. I mean, like, you can you can save some... I mean, like, unless it's not a big deal, but, like, you can save some of that until, like, we get there. I mean, I'm I'm probably going to go back to bed after this, so... But, like, once we get there, like, for sure. <laughs> you know, you know, morning wood, Darian? You're, you're oh, no. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Proficiency! <laughs> Darian just wakes up with a massive erection. <laughs> so, are we all in? I'm... Again... Behind Zippy. We're all in tentatively. <laughs> we have to do some investigating there, but for the sake of teaming up for now, yes, I technically we're all in. I think. I mean, you can talk to these guys. Also, I really hate to sound like a broken record, but if we go through with this, then we remove the flower. It's a gift, Darian. Come I, on, he's a decent guy. I, I want a gift receipt. I would like to return it. I don't want this. We can look into that, yes. I don't like look into that. If we do this... I'll do my best. I don't know the process of removing it. What, you I'll did... figure it out. Oh, <laughs> Ask Lou. Okay. He probably figured it out. <sighs> okay. I guess we got a lot of questions for Lou. If we're all in this, and if you'll indulge me, <laughs> hands in the middle. Can you bring your hand lower? Yes, there. Oh, thanks. Hey, this is normally our thing, but okay. <sighs> okay. Alright, ready? Three, two, one, Team Karen. Remove <laughs> the flower. Team Karen. It doesn't feel right. It feels like it should be like teammates or something. Anyways. Why would there be an eight? Anyways. Let's strategize. And he starts pacing around on the deck. Yogurt and Pepper uh, kind of come to you guys and they're like, Hey, uh, guys, this guy seems super dangerous. Like, this is the snail guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, uh, I'll, I'll make you guys all some coffee, but uh, be careful. Don't worry, we will. And Pepper just goes, Do ya ga, do ya ga. And Zippy just hears, mm, He's bad. Hmm. <laughs> And uh, they both go below deck. And you guys are up there. And Karen stops pacing and says, I have it. 
Well, I already had it. I already formulated the plan, but now that I have to do these conditions to meet Zippy's requests, I changed it a bit. So here's the plan. Conference. For Lublonger's Ammo Company. The things we have is the elements of surprise with myself and Peterson. And Darian, I guess, too. <laughs> Less so because I think Lou knows that you're attached to Zippy, Darian. I was going to say I'm surprised that I came on the list before you. You're so much more faster than me. Lou probably already knows about you, Darian, and Zippy, but Zippy, he knows definitely about you. You're the poster child for his new pill, his new invention. Apparently. I won't ask you about that. If you're doing it for money, whatever. I'll get you money after this is done. It's for the money. I'm glad you're hearing me out this far. But since you're such of the star of this event... You're going to be the perfect candidate to get in close. He might even invite you into his chambers. Sounds like it's almost guaranteed. (laughs) So we need... (laughs) (laughs) That foreshadowing, though. (laughs) So, we're going to need a way for you to signal wherever you are with Lou, whenever the time comes. In the meantime, Peterson and Darian are going to be with me. Scouting out the conference, making sure that we get as much intel on any tricks he could have up his sleeve. I doubt this conference is just what that is. It's probably more than what it is at face value. So we're going to be scouting it out while you infiltrate Zippy. And when you give the signal, I will grab Peterson and Darian, and we'll meet you there. And I'll strike Lou down. It's very simple now that I think about it. This is going to be easy. Well, that... I didn't like that statement. Fate's always guiding me. Fate's a bitch. And sometimes, it is easy. But we need to work on a signal. What should the signal be? Well, we do have the rocky talky walky rocky things. They've come through in a a bit. Might be a little noticeable if he's in a one-on-one dialogue with Lou, which, based on the heavy foreshadowing, sounds like might be the case. I'm not a huge fan of items. They can break or be blocked. But one thing that can't be blocked, if you're willing... And he holds out his palm, his left arm, that's bandaged. And he unleashes a few bandages, and you see the black skin underneath. And a little blue flower starts budding, and a little spore comes out. And he's like, if you're willing, this is the best way. Take the flower. No thanks. If you're a scumbag, I don't want to be attached to you at all. Whoa, you said it was a gift. Uh, yeah, but (laughs) this is me now. Tall one, you could give a flower to Westboro. No, thanks. I don't want any of this flower business. How about this? I'll lift my ear that I always have down over my face, and I'll just lift it up and put it behind my head. I never do that. And it would look super casual. I suppose, but how am I going to see that if you're indoors or something? <laughs> I, I'm assuming you're all on like a theater balcony watching this 
friggin' masterpiece play. Um, I suppose it is an amphitheater. <laughs> Do you know what? If we had a way, and I'm gonna, this is like a stretch. Uh, I'm gonna pull up my voodoo doll, and I'm gonna say, Karen, would you have any way of manipulating this so that it could be connected to you, so that all Zippy has, to, so so that all Westboro need do is squeeze the hand of it, and maybe it would trigger, let you know. I'm sorry, I I don't do magic items. Hmm. Even though, do you do magic of any kind or just magic items? Magic items. Magic is good. Magic items. <laughs> I'm not for. Do none of us have message? What a useful spell that would be. Look, I'm a half-assed spellcaster. I don't got a lot going on. Here's the thing. It will mostly be outside, but... It's going to be hard to watch from the ground. So how about this? Oh, I could conjure an animal. Like a... a well, a, no, yeah, I could Zippy just... needs I could, the signal. I know, but a, a bug. You know, that we could communicate to it to come let us know when... He's ready. Maybe like a fly. Well, no. It needs to be instant. How about this? Flies are pretty fast, Westboro. Bzzz, <laughs> they they fly. Yeah, but I don't know where you guys. I don't know where you guys are gonna be. Well, I we could do a bee as well. <laughs> I mean, I could conjure an animal, and then when I could just have it like a little ant or something on your uh, shoulder, and when I feel like the jig is up or rather he he confesses to his crimes if he has any i'll just i'll just cancel the spell and the ant will go away that's that's how you'll that's how you'll know to 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 help me out or to to assassinate or whatever we're doing that's a pretty good idea that way we'd know as soon as it dropped that uh that would be the signal so how will we do this first signal is you do your little slick back ear thing, if we can be an eye shot, or an eye sight, or, or have you in a sight line. And if that doesn't work, then we go with the with the conjured animal. You just have to be careful not to do anything that would disturb your concentration, like drinking too much, or taking a hit, or even falling downstairs, or, or anything like that could set it off. Or watching out for some of those null stones. That's a sore spot for you, tall one. Those... If it was one misstep, it's fine. Do you think you can watch out for that? If so, I'm good for that plan. Yeah, okay, well, we'll do our best to make sure you guys can see the meeting of minds when it happens. But we'll have the ant going there and everything as as the backup, but preferably the ear thing. Alright, this is the heist. Maybe. I'm not agreeing to anything yet. I No, that's a, that's a good idea. We'll do our best to keep you in sight. That will be the primary signal. Animals the fallback. And I think we'll be smart enough to know that as soon as you enter a meeting room, if it drops immediately, well, then it's probably not time to attack. the signal. Probably time to attack. <laughs> no, no. Like, this is what I'm saying. Time like, to if go he walks in, in as the fast room, as possible and deal the killing blow, Karen. That's the cue. If uh, if all else fails, Zip, and you feel those null stones hit as soon as you walk in the room, we won't jump in. What? But then you'll have to think of something creative to really let us know. I'm confused. Okay, I'll do my best. Like thaumaturgy, the door's open or something, I'm not sure. So we're not killing Lou anymore? 
Where, you, where, where have you been for the past 20 minutes? Yeah, Peterson, how about I'll tell you when to go? I move when you move. That's a good deal. Yeah. When I move, you move. Just like just that. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Oh. <laughs> that sounds good. Okay. We're an hour out from Bayside. Look, there's Leek's Garden. And you guys look over the edge, and you can see the jungle lands of Leek's Garden. It goes on for a long time. And you're flying over top of these giant jungle trees that the branches, the top branches have formed into like a bowl. And the, it's like water. It's like giant pools of water in these bowl tree tops. Um, and you can see there's like these large, like long-necked, like plesiosaurus kind of... Uh, dinosaur-looking things that are, like, swimming and hopping from treetop to treetop through the water. And he's like, see, that's Leek's Garden. Right over there. Right on the coast. That's Bayside. And you look, and you can see it way, way off. There's a telescope on the top deck, and you look through it, and you can see that there's um, this kind of, like, boardwalk and all these, like, uh, stands and little huts and like it's very like tropical and there's a giant kind of amphitheater too with large stone seats and a, and a giant kind of like theater stage uh, and a, a large sprawling beach behind it all along the coast and he says we'll fly there get there in about an hour but you guys get ready I'm gonna get into a good mental state for this I gotta stay calm yeah, you do that. Um, we're gonna just go get ready below deck. Right, Zippy? Peterson? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yes, total one. And you guys, leave and go below deck. Is there anything special you yeah. want to do to prep? I just want to turn to Zippy and say, Zippy, no matter what happens in there, I've got your back, okay? Okay, I mean, you know... You know how I feel about all this, you know? I do, and that's why I want you to know. Whatever happens in there, I'm with you. Peterson, I still feel like you don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I do, but... I do want to respectfully remind everyone that... We... Dare, tall, the tall one and I do have... A considerable curse on us. Something to keep in mind, Westboro. Yeah, but I'm not going to turn on Zippy for it. I just... Worst case scenario, might be taken out of commission by it. I mean... Slish slash, there goes your legs. There goes your butt. Easy enough. Well, I'm... Oh, boy. Uh, to joke is one thing, but the reality is this. In some situations, there's a pendulum and there's a life on each side. Well... I get the risk, but we're put in a hard place right now. We got this maniac on our ship, and this might be the best chance we have at revenge against maybe someone who killed our, our allies. Peterson, it comes down to one simple question. Are you going to value your life, your life more than Zippy's? He stands up a little straighter, and he's going to look at Zippy and say... Goblins gamble, Westboro. May we draw two aces? Well, then there's nothing left to be concerned about. All I ask, Westboro, is that you would consider the value of our lives before lose. I I do. 
Wait. Zippy, you remember what just happened in that dream, right? Just before all this happened. Um, it's a little foggy. I... I, I want to go to Norman's room, quick. And I want to light jog over to his room and take a look. I follow. See if anything's changed. A light jog, that's all you can muster, Connor. I'm not, I'm not going to sprint wow. through the ship. <laughs> <laughs> My friend, but it's okay. He'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> he's there or he's not. <laughs> you guys go to Norman's room and you open the door and you go inside and he's still just sleeping there in the same state he was. Nothing See, Darren, he's just sleeping. Yeah, but I I do think we connected with him in there, Zippy. I think maybe there's oh, a chance for us really back. to bring him back. Yeah, what was that all about? I don't know, but I know we were we were really close. We were really close. And you guys break off and go to your individual rooms to get all your gear on and everything. And Peterson, while you're in your room, you're cleaning stuff. You're 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 getting your armor on. You're grabbing your mask. And just as you strap it to your head, you hear a voice behind you. So, the betrayer is on the move. And you turn around, and it's the red bandit. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What? I look at him. And I... I cast Primal Savagery just enough so that the claws grow on my hands. And I say... You would do well to stay away from me after what you did. I apologize for intruding or hurting your feelings or doing whatever it is you're mentioning. But I just came to tell you that your path is set. What set this path? Something that happened in the snail? Potentially. You shouldn't have left the table. And he just goes, and he starts walking out the door. I I intercept him. You get in front of him, and he just says, As I said, your path is set. I don't believe that fate is a fixed thing. It's not fixed for all. Your two friends, it definitely isn't fixed. But for you... Right now, you've done all the choices you could, and it's fixed. Bullshit! And I, man, I go to swipe at him with primal savagery. Roll the hit. Three plus eight, eleven. You go to swipe, and they jump back to the back wall of your room, and they say, here's a lesson for you. I dash forward and attack again. Roll the hit. And as you're doing that, he just says so calmly, he's like, when somebody stands in your way and blocks a door, make a new one. What'd you hit? I hit, uh, this is going to be so painful, 6 plus 8, 14. But before you tell me if I hit, I want to say, or you remove the one in front of the door. And you go, and you just miss. And you go and swipe, and they dodge to the side as you kind of hit the wall. And you can see underneath their raggedy clothes, 
they grab a doorknob, put it in the side wall, and a door frame opens, and they open it and fall through, and the door closes. Very similar to Zippy's doorknob. I... I take off my mask and I throw it against the wall. You guys all finish up getting ready and you meet back up on the top deck and you see Karen's just staring out and you're getting closer and he says, Yogurt, steer the ship over that way. We don't want to land too close. And Yogurt's behind the wheel now and he's like, "Uh, Yes, sir. Karen? Isn't that a girl's name? Oh, whatever. Okay. And they're steering the boat. And he turns and says, All right, you guys, we're here. Are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. This is the final boss kind of like save checkpoint or like <laughs> path of no return. Man, I don't know. Peterson is really not sure if he should go. Peterson, you look like you're hesitating. I... You spooked or something? It's nothing. Let's go. Okay, I think we're ready. Wow, what the frig am I doing? Okay. Cast your animal on me. Um, yeah, I cast like a little ant on his shoulder. Pops on his shoulder and right on the collar of his trench coat. His pea coat. Okay. Peterson, Darian, you're with me. Zippy, you go ahead and walk into the conference first. All right, off I go. Wish me luck, guys. Stay safe, Zip. I hate splitting the party. Thanks. Don't tell people that you know me. Just keep your dis- keep your social distance from me. I'll wear a face mask. I'd like to, before we leave the ship, I'd like to use, I'd like to use the circlet of human uh, perfection. Oh, okay. To take on a different shape. Now, according to the description, the ring decides what that is, human perfection. But I basically have all my same stats, but I'm now a medium-sized man instead of a small goblin. Um, and so you get to decide uh, what the circlet decides I look like. Uh, I'll let you decide. Name a celebrity. Oh, man. A guy, eh? Hmm. Uh, Hemsworth. Why not? He's he's amazing. Which one? There's two. <laughs> oh, we all know the one. Chris. All right, Thor. Thor comes. You put it on, and whoo, you look like Chris Hemsworth. Salutations. My name is Peterson. <laughs> How does it sound? Does it feel natural? I mean, as natural as a goblin transforming into a human can be, sure. It's funny. You're not really the tall one now. I reach forward to shake his hand. I, well, I'm still taller than you, but thanks. All right, well, we should be going. We have to wait. I want him to move first. And then we'll go a little bit later. As you say. You guys are just waiting and twiddling your thumbs in a patch of trees, like palm trees and stuff, just off uh, the way from from Bayside. You're about like a 10-minute walk away. 
the the ship is just parked there. Zippy, you're walking through and you get to the boardwalk. It's just a wooden literal like boardwalk right on the beach uh, and there's just huts everywhere and, and like people selling fruit and stuff and a lot of people with the ammo company symbol walking around handing out pamphlets and everything. Uh, and pills are being exchanged and everything. And uh, just before you're about to enter, you hear next to you, Oh man, I'm so excited! Thanks for bringing me here, Zip! I I thought you were going to leave without me. You didn't tell me we were here. Chris is next to you. (laughs) I like creak my neck over like... (laughs) 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 Oh, amazing. Um, Chris! Hey! Yeah, I didn't see you come with us to, off the ship, or, like, I didn't see you come up to me at all. Yeah, well, I saw you walking, and I didn't want to, you were walking so determined, I wanted to give you some space, maybe clear your head, because I, I feel like you're, you said, like, it's going to present here, probably, you're going to, you're going to present something at this conference, it's going to be insane, and you're going to introduce me to Lou Blanc, you just have a lot on your plate right now, so I didn't want to bug you. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe you should keep that kind of mindset, because I have to get prepared for everything of course but Zippy, and uh you said you said i'd meet lou blonger now you'd introduce me you said i'd move up the ranks right um yeah okay um yeah you can come with me for now i guess hell yeah okay well let's go oh, dude it's freaking eustace eustace hey and he goes runs over to a group of people and he's just chatting up with them now Uh, I use this opportunity to walk the other way <laughs> towards the main conference hall. Stealth check. Uh, that's a 20 unnatural. Yeah, okay, Chris doesn't notice you. Chris is a fool. <laughs> Again with these 20s, by the way, I don't know what's going on. You're, you move away and sneak away from Chris, just as you thought he was a problem, you dodge. And um, you're moving and moving through the crowd and getting close to this outside outdoor amphitheater where it seems like that's where the main presentation and conference is going to be kind of held. Um, But as you're walking down, you start to hear people murmuring and being like, is that Zippy? Zippy Westboro? Dude, I heard he had the bullet. He had the bullet. And then somebody comes up and says, um, sorry, uh, sir, but uh, would you sign my pamphlet? And they hand, hand out the pamphlet. It has just a big, you know, the photo of you on it with a thumbs up. How did they even make this? Um, sorry, I, I have places to to go. I, I can't sign all your stuff. You can be at my table later where I'm going to sign everything, I guess. Okay, sorry. Sorry for both. Oh, man, you must be so busy. I'll be there. Thank you for talking. <laughs> uh, spread that around. I have a table signing coming up. Guys, nobody talk to him. It's off. I tried. <laughs> and like everybody's like, aww. And people are like sad, but they're giving you space. And just as you're walking along, um, you see a uh, elf girl comes up to you in a full suit with an ambo, ammo-like symbol patch on the, on the side there. And she just goes, Mr. Westboro. Oh, we're so glad you could make it. We weren't sure. But... I'm so glad you're here. 
you don't know me. I, I'm sorry. I'm Angelica, and I am one of the moderators for this conference, uh, a direct underling of Lou Blonger. And I must say, he is excited to meet you. He told me, if I see you, bring you to him. Uh, yeah, I'm. I have a few questions for Lou, actually. Uh, just some, just some business stuff, of course. Oh, of course. I, I, thank you for coming. We, we, this whole thing would be a flop. You are the main event, after all, for taking the bullet and everything. So, uh, thank you for coming. And let's go. I, I've talked too much. I'm, I'm kind of fangirling as well. Uh, let's go. Let's go meet Lou. He is so excited to see you. Uh, yeah, me as well. I am a little bit on the inside fangirling, just a little bit, but I'm trying to keep my composure. <laughs> okay. And you guys move through the crowd towards the amphitheater in the actual dome. Back to Peterson and Darian. Karen just says, okay, let's make our move. Peterson, you look good. Let me do mine. And his face starts to bubble and shift and like break and changing. His whole face is shifting and then his horns are gone. The black line and skin is still there, but he has a whole new younger face with like dreadlocks. And he says, what about you? Uh, disguise? By the way, could, Karen, looking great. I could, uh, I could put my hood up. No. And I'm going to put my hand on Darian's shoulder. And I'm going to say, <laughs> you don't need to hide your green skin. No, you're right, but I there's there's a apparently a known association between me and Zippy based on some of his adventures. So I'm nervous that maybe some intense fanboys might recognize me too. That's a good call. Well, I wish you could do better than a hood, but it'll have to do. Okay, I'm I'm a half-ass spellcaster. I told you I I don't have a lot. I mean, like uh, I got this. You know, I've got this uh, swim cap of water breathing. I'm. I'm just going to put that on and kind of keep all my hair kind of tucked in there so at least it's a little bit different, you know? Sure. Tall one, why don't you take this? I'm going to give him my sword cane. Sure, I'll walk with a limp. There is a sword in it, too, if you if you just release a switch. And it attracts ghosts if you let it on, set it on fire. So maybe don't do that. I will probably avoid that, but now I've got three swords. Great. But I do want it back later. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, let's move. And you guys move out, and you get through the, the crossing of trees, and you see the boardwalk full of life and ammo people, passing pills and chatting it up and everything, and people selling fruit and selling uh, just all types of things. This is like just a tourist kind of hot spot. And you can see as you get to the boardwalk, Karen just whispers, All right, let's make our way to the amphitheater. Find some seats. We'll watch this conference go down from the inside. Lead the way, Karen. And you're moving through the crowds. And as you do, you're walking with a limp Darian. And somebody goes, Oh, hey, you got a limp there? That can be fixed with an ammo pill. How about you take one? Why don't you take mine? This happened to him because of an overdose. I think you should take mine. Yeah, sorry. No, it was, um, it was an allergy thing that happened. It's it's fine. It's it's great for everyone else. I um, It was, it was just a little incident. It's, like it's a okay. vaccine. Ah, they all sigh and they like put their papers away. They had like pen and paper coming out too. And they were trying to sign you. <laughs> and uh, you guys make your way through. And you see 
the amphitheater and the cascading st- like uh, rock seats. It's just slanted rocks and stuff, but it's like, you know, typical outside amphitheater. And you can see Karen's like, all right, this is where it's going to go down. I'm sure it will start soonish. And then you hear over the intercom, a voice comes and it's like thaumaturgy coming out. And it just says, everyone, we will start in three minutes. Get your seats. And people start, like, crowding in. Look, I know we're going to attend the first part in this amphitheater, but I thought the point was to to watch the one-on-one conversation. Do we really think that's going to happen here? Should we be trying to watch from somewhere else? Could be. He, I imagine Lou Blanger would come out, but what do you think is best? I'm just concerned that maybe a meeting's already happening. Like, I haven't seen Zippy since we got here, and I'd... I'll, I'm just saying, I I think we might want to try and get eyes on him before we sit here. Do you know what might not be a bad idea? Tall One, if you and I have the talk stone, you guys go try to go backstage, and I'll stay here. And I'll keep an eye on how things are going here. What do you think, Karen? I think that could work. Okay. And as... You guys decide, Karen and Darian, you split off and you start making your way down the side, moving towards like the actual dome amphitheater. Peterson, you're kind of staying at the back watching as people are crowding into the seats and everything. And you hear. Hello, everyone. If you wouldn't mind grabbing your seats now, we will begin the conference shortly. And once again, thank you for coming and purchasing your tickets. Make sure to take a pill before the show. Enjoy. This year's Ammo Conference! We have fantastic speakers such as Turbledy Gurbles, Gus Lawson, and the one, the only, Zippy Westboros! Any injuries that you may sustain during the show or the conference are liable on you, not the Ammo Company, just so you know. Enjoy! And we cut to you, Zippy. And you're walking with the person. You've passed the amphitheater now. And there's kind of like backstage, like huts and trailers, kind of like cottage, like wooden crates and stuff set up back here. And you're moving through it. And the uh, Angelica is just saying, okay, Lou Blonger is going to be just out on the beach. Uh, this is probably as far as he'll want me to go. Uh, you'll be able to see him out there. He He's just taking time. He likes to soak his feet in the water. You know how he is. Loves the ocean. But uh, good luck and uh, can't wait to hear you speak. And you see before you is just a wide open beach. There's nobody on it actually, surprisingly. Everybody's at the conference behind you, but It's just a wide open beach. And you see off in the distance a man in a suit with his pant legs rolled up just having the water flow to like his shins. And they just have their hands behind their back and they're just looking out into the ocean as the sun's setting. Um, I, I walk over to the person slowly. You start moving forward. 
in the sand just beneath your feet, swaying and moving. And you see Lubonger is just a bit ways out in the ocean. They're just standing there. And they have this kind of little bolo hat in their hands behind their back. Just a little kind of like circle-brimmed little old-school bolo hat thing. And they're just still staring out. And we're going to cut to Darian and Karen. And you guys are moving backstage. You're just about... You heard the announcement and you can see people are moving behind stage, just behind the amphitheater. And you're here. And Karen just goes, Okay, what should we do? Should some of us go in there, see if he's backstage? He's probably going to present or we can scout around the area some more. Yeah, I just we haven't seen him at all since we've gotten here. I don't, the show's about to start. Um, maybe we can try and just take a peek in the back to see if we can see him in there. Yeah, good call. You go in the back, and you can see it's kind of like dark. There's candles and torches on the walls to light it up, but it's mostly dim. And you're going, and there's people, like, moving crates around and, and people moving, like, ammo pill bags and stuff. And there's all these other things. A few stuff spill out of a crate, and you can see it's a weird cylindrical pill with a pointed edge on one end. It looks different than the typical ammo pill. And you could probably figure out, this is the bullet. It's deep blue in color, too. And you see, you're looking backstage. Make a perception check. Does this blue happen to resemble the blue of the flowers? Yes, very closely. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and sorry, what was I rolling again? Uh, perception. Perception. Uh, that's a 23. Okay, you're looking back here, looking for any sign of him, and you can see some people with rocky talkies of their own communicating to set up this, uh, and some other people in these business suits with the ammo patch. And you can actually see one person in a business suit with Zippy. It's just a young, black-haired orc, and they're holding Zippy's hand. It looks like Zippy. It looks exactly like Zippy, except they don't have, like, their cloak or anything like the green cloak or or any of that. Um, he's kind of just wearing his regular, like, uh, just street clothes. And they're holding Zippy's hand. And you can hear it just over the announcements. You just hear... And now for your first speaker and the main event of this year's ammo conference, please put your hands together for Zippy Westboro. And uh, you see Zippy, and and you can tell Darian with your high perception, this is like a weird. This doesn't seem like Zippy, and it seems off. And you're like, why is he doing this? He doesn't look anything like he did when he left, too. But they leave off the backstage and go out. And Peterson, you're watching the stage. And you can see Zippy is kind of like hobbling forward and moves towards like a, a megaphone rock thing that's supposed to cause thaumaturgy. And you can just see they're walking up to it. Can I tell if it's him? From a distance, um, perception check. Got a Zippy cosplayer. <laughs> 14 plus 8, 22. You can tell from a distance, yeah, this, this Zippy seems off. I'm going to whisper into my Rocky Talkie. Got eyes on a Zippy on the stage, but I think he's an imposter. 
I reply and say, Yeah, something's wrong. That's not him. Something's very wrong. And I want to pick up that blue pill and show it to, to Karen and say, Does this blue look like a familiar color to you? What is he trying to do? I don't know. But it's definitely not good. And Peterson, you look out and you can see Zippy walking. body and a pointed tip on one end. And now I'm I'm all good. Look at me. I've done incredible things ever since I shoved the bullet up my nose. I can I can go hunt for grand treasures and save people in Orum. Remember Hero of Orum, that's me. I also, with the power of the bullet, was able to Take the Baroga Spire Grand Treasure Scale thing! It was pretty cool! Still don't believe how incredible the bullet made me? Well, just check this out! And then a Goliath comes out onto the stage. And they go to try and punch this version of Zippy. And just as they do, Zippy puts one hand out and then points it just so it's one pinky out. And the punch is stopped. And a shockwave of air flows over the entire crowd. Pretty neat, huh? Well, that's not all. Check this out. And they go and punch the Goliath right in the shin. And they just go Flipping out and just get like blasted away behind stage. Everyone in the audience is stunned. You look around, everybody's jaws are just hitting the floor. Some are even drooling for the bullet. Now I know what you're all thinking! How can I get my hands on a bullet and be as powerful and great as me, Zippy? Well, Lou Blogger has allowed me to make a special announcement! The bullet is available today! You can get one! Can you? 
crazy journey and do incredible things that you couldn't believe. With a simple pill, this can be true for you. a pill and it changed my whole life and now I'm here trying to give some advice take it, use it, take that pill and shove it up your nose shove it up your nose shove it up there shove it way up the top feel the power And people in the crowd, like people near the stage, are shooting out air cannons, like t-shirt cannons with like wind blasts, uh, just blasting out using magic, firing bullet pills into the crowd. And people are just grabbing them and shoving them up their noses. Uh, I'm going to relay all this to uh, Darian. No, we heard. That's. Oh, no. Oh, this is bad. And we cut to Zippy. Zippy, you stand alone on the beach. And Lou Blonger is facing out into the water. What do you say? Um, Mr. Blonger? It's me, Zippy. Zippy Westboro? And they part their hands and bring them to the front holding the hat they tip their head down and put the hat on top they turn around and they're wearing a slick suit and they have just a chiseled face just a kind it seems like a kind face with a large blocky mustache on the front and they just look at you and just say Zippy Westboro It is about time we finally met. And that's where we're going to end the episode. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 